My name is Jordan Ross, and thanks for listening to What's Your Limp? I'm an actor and the host of this podcast, but I also happen to have cerebral palsy and scoliosis, resulting in a limp. That limp led to vicious bullying in high school, limited opportunities as an actor, a number of insecurities, and severe depression. However, over time I slowly learned to open up about my feelings, which showed me that I'm not alone, because the more I opened up, the more others opened up to me. I quickly learned that everyone has a limp, whether it's physical or internal. I stopped seeing my limp as a weakness and began to see it as an asset. And that's the goal of this podcast, is to help others do the same. So, as you listen to my conversations with some of your favorite actors, athletes, singers, and public figures, listen closely. Because you might just find out that some of them struggle with the exact same limp as you. So let's all learn to love our limps together. What is up, my fellow limpers? This is your host, Jordan Ross, and thank you for listening to another episode of the What's Your Limp podcast. Today, I am really excited to be chatting with uh, singer and actor Brian Faldudo, who you might recognize uh, back when he was a child star in Richard Linklater's School of Rock alongside Jack Black. Uh, but more recently, he has started a, a really uh, successful career as a country singer. Um, growing up, Brian was a, a big country music fan, but he didn't really see himself represented in that genre of music um, as a gay man. And he decided that he would take that upon himself to change that, which he has. Uh, he has some really, really good songs. One of my favorites of his that we talk about in this episode is God Loves Me Too, um, which is a really beautiful message. Um, and yeah, he's he's just carved out a really um a really cool spot for himself in a genre of music that um you know had had been lacking in that area. And I'm really excited to uh, share all of that with you and for you to hear from him about how all of that came to be, uh, as well as uh, hear what he had to say about his experience on School of Rock and how being labeled the gay kid. Uh, affected his confidence and the way he viewed himself and uh, a lot of other really, really interesting things. So uh, yeah, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Brian Faldudo and enjoy this original intro music by Devin Levi and be sure to give him a follow at Devin Levi Music. Hello. Hey. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to meet you in uh or uh, through a computer screen at least. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. I listened to your episode with uh Tim McGraw. Oh yeah, what'd you think? Loved it. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. I read an interview that you did, I think it was with people, and it said something about uh that you're a big Faith Hill fan. Um Yeah. And have you had you... a, a chance to like meet them or interact with them at all no are you gonna be my one degree of separation maybe yeah i mean like they're they're the uh they're both amazing like when i first met both of them on set i didn't it didn't click because i had listened to their music growing up uh being yeah. from texas but um i've always been bad like with musicians i never know what they look like i've, I've just I, I know their voices and that's about it um so the first conversation I had with both of them, I didn't even realize that I was talking to Tim and Faith. 
um, until later, but they truly are exactly how you would hope and expect them to be. You know, they're, they're so just warm and kind and um, faith would like, if she saw someone, you know, that, that was spoken to in a way that they shouldn't have been was the first to like come to their defense and to stand up for them. And they're just really, really great people. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I literally pay tribute to her in, in my music video and it's like, my, I saw that my dream for her to see it. So if you have, if you, if you, have, if you ever want to send it her away, you let me know. I will actually, as soon as we get off, I'm going to, I'm actually going to make a note of that right now. Be like um, Brian, Brian took your breathe video and made it really gay. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's going to love it, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to talk obviously about your music career and your journey of getting to where you are now. Um, but I usually, I kind of did the same with Tim in that episode as well, but I, I start kind of from the beginning. So um, like before School of Rock, before all of that, uh, just the basics, like where'd you grow up? What was childhood like? All that fun stuff. Yes, I grew up in a town called Paquonic, New Jersey. Um, it's like in like Northern Central Jersey. Um pretty good spot to grow up you know I was like kind of close to the city I was close to the shore I was close to six flags I was close to everything you need in life you know um <laughs> and uh it was good I uh have a, two parents an older brother um I've always been into performing my baby book says age two Brian won't stop singing age three Brian won't stop singing and dancing um so I've always been always been singing my very first album was breathe by Faith Hill um and uh i just remember me bopping around the house singing along to it at the top of my lungs um but yeah that's that's the, that's the, that's the beginning of it anyway at what point did you i guess kind of decide that that's that was going to be like your career path that something something artistic something in in the performing arts and was it something that like your family was like on board with or what was your parents response once they kind of knew that that's the direction you were heading i think my parents were really supportive out the get-go um i was a kid who just loved attention um i would interrupt family dinners in between courses and tell everyone to come to the living room to watch me perform Same. um <laughs> so like i I just loved attention so much so that um, I like to tell this story. I was in Aruba with my family once. We were staying at this hotel and this guy with a camera walked by and I just started following him, waiting for him to like set up somewhere. And then once he was setting up his camera, I was like, I would like to be on camera. And my mom walked up and she was like, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and he was like, no, this kid's clearly a star. And he gave my mom the contact information of a manager back in New York City um who we contacted when I got home and she sent me on my first audition ever which was School of Rock and then I was uh, in a movie at age uh 10 so it was like um it was kind of crazy and a really um bogus in introduction to what it's like being in the inter entertainment industry because I was like oh this is easy <laughs> yeah. um I think my parents, uh, throughout the process of School of Rock, and especially with the backlash I, I experienced afterwards, they sort of withdrew their support from me being um, as much of a performer. Um, I think now, all these years later, they're behind it again, you know, but it was just a hard thing for my family to go through, me being in a movie when I was really young and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, and as a kid, it's it's hard too, because like, you don't you don't really know how to process all of it. You don't know 
what like what to make of everything and it's also something uh, i understand the um i i guess the the need or or not need but the uh feeling that like as a parent you would need to kind of pull back because you don't want your child to be hurt because i felt my parents there was a little bit of that with you know as i started to get um casting directors that would comment on my limp or my physical appearance uh, and I started to develop all of these insecurities. My mom was still very, very supportive, but she was afraid that I was I was going to continue to get hurt and, uh, you know, that other people wouldn't see in me what she saw in me. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a difficult uh, line to walk. But um, speaking of School of Rock, so you did that. Um, I imagine because as a kid, I, you know, I was in theater and, and did little independent films and bit parts and things. And that feeling of community is such a great feeling, the feeling of making something together and making friends. And um, it's amazing. But then afterwards, like you said, there was some backlash uh, and you your character was kind of labeled as like the gay kid at an age when you were still kind of like figuring out who you are and and all of that stuff. So how did that can you talk about that a little bit, like how what backlash you received and then. Um, how that kind of made you change your perspective on yourself and on, you know, your sexuality and all of that stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, I like what you shared about your mom, you know, because uh, my mom just, I think she had similar intentions, you know, when the when the film came out, she just wanted to protect me. And none of us knew what to do with being gay at the time. It was 2003, right? The only representation in the media for queer people was like Ellen and Will and Grace and then like 11-year-old me. And it was like a lot of, you know, there was like a couple of examples here and there, right? But I didn't really have anyone to turn to to see myself. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was it was tough. Um, the filming experience was amazing. You know, I got to leave school for like four months and go be a star and be on set with copious amounts of food and every day. And and you're right, the bonding experience is is amazing. Like to this day, that the the school, all the kids, we have like a group text that we we still like text each other. It's That's like cool. Uh, um, you know, it's cool to have made something together at that age. But then, yeah, the movie came out and I went back to school where, like, it's not cool to stand out. Um, so I went from this experience where it's like, let's take what's special about you and unique about you and let's highlight it and let's let it be, uh, let, like, you know, it's like this really, like, validating um, experience. And I went back to school where, you know, you're just trying to blend into a class of fifth grade boys, right? And being called the gay kid is not going to be, like, an easy um, thing. So I, and I didn't even know what being gay was. I was just being myself and so I instantly sort of shut it down and I became very internally homophobic at the time and um by the time I realized I was potentially gay I was already like homophobic and then um I ended up coming out till senior year of college so it definitely had like a pretty strong impact um because I just got a lot of mixed messaging about what made me special, you know, like the, the, everyone was like, we loved you in the movie. You were so great, but we, but being gay is bad. And, uh, but I kept being called the gay kid, which is what I was in the movie. So it was like, it was like, what about it was good? What about it was bad? What, what is acceptable about me? What is, there's just a lot to digest at age 10 when I had no like mental processing, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's heavy. I mean, <clears throat> was it, after doing that, did you find yourself like, did you continue to audition for other things? Or um, were you just kind of, I imagine people would then try to, as this industry does, pigeonhole you into the gay kid. Um, so was that something that you faced as well? 
yeah, that was really hard. I, I was, I remember being really determined to like prove, no, I'm a good actor. Um, as if I knew what that was at that age. Right. But like, uh, <laughs> um, like, you know, I, I, yeah, I wanted to prove myself as something other than the gay kid from School of Rock. So there was a lot of pressure to sort of get something again. And I did get other things. I was in this like group by the foot commercial when I was younger. I did like this uh, pilot that never aired. I, uh, I did a bunch of like regional theater credits and whatnot. So like I was acting a lot in middle school. I sort of stopped in high school. Uh, parents encouragement. <laughs> and also, you know, I think it was probably for the best just to sort of take a step back and um and then I found my love for it again in college. I was a theater major in college. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely a weird time for sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I relate to what you said about, um, you know, how you, you kind of had this internalized homophobia, uh, by the time that you, you reached your teens and kind of realized who you are. Um, I had some similar experiences where I, I, I guess would be, uh, I guess the word would be ableist. Like I had these uh, feelings about what it would mean, what it means to be like in the disabled community. And I viewed it as like a bad thing, as something to be ashamed of, as, um, you know, a, a liability, all of that stuff. So I was constantly making fun of myself uh, before other people could. I felt like if I could beat them to the punch, um, then I would, it would make them like me or whatever. It was a lot of weird things that then, as an adult and as an artist, which it seems like you're now doing in your music, but um, now I've I've been uh, very fortunate to play some roles where I've gotten to explore those insecurities and those aspects of myself, and um, it's been really eye opening because it's shown me. It, it, I've had people from the disabled community reach out and talk about how they've never, especially in like a, a Christian series, um, they haven't really seen themselves portrayed in that yeah. way. Um, and it's been something that uh, has been really cool because it's it's like asking the question, like, why doesn't everyone get healed and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, and that kind of is a good segue, like with your music, you have a song called uh, God Loves Me Too. Uh, and I just listened to that again before this podcast, which it's a beautiful song. Um, and I love the message behind it. So I want to talk about that and like your what's your relationship with um, religion? And was that a big part of your life growing up? And was also was that kind of another obstacle that you had to jump over when it came to like accepting yourself and, and coming out? It was it was super certainly. Yeah, I mean, religion was part of my life for like uh as long as I can remember, like, it was just always there. It was just like, uh, you know, I, I was, I, I went to private Catholic school since third grade, but my family was actually Protestant. So I got like the double dose of Christianity. Like I was, I went to Protestant church on Sundays, but Monday through Friday, I was at Catholic school. Um, and it just felt like we went to mass like every day, which is like, <laughs> obviously not true, but like, um, it was just like, we had religion, we had theology once a day. You know what I mean? Like there was, it, I was just constantly sort of bombarded with, religious messaging you know what I mean and um and it was good it was it, it not a it, I I I think I kind of used religion as a weapon against myself for a while like sort of like um I would pray like at night that I wouldn't be gay and uh um just trying to like use it as a reason I can't be gay um because of like um the messaging I was receiving um 
but yeah, uh, I think four or five years ago, I was in LA and I was working on a project and I was free on the weekends and I didn't really know anybody in, in town because I was there for a project. So on Sundays, I was like, let me try and go to one of these LGBTQ inclusive churches I've heard about. Um, and I, I I found this, the Hollywood United Methodist Church and I walked in and as you walk in, there's this giant pride flag hanging above the doors. And I was like, this is, this is already crazy. And I sit down and, you know, just a couple of rows ahead of me, there's these two guys holding hands and the pastor is a lesbian woman and she is wearing a, um, what's that thing they wear around their necks called? Uh, like a, a stole? I think so. Uh, yeah, that she's wearing a, rain right. a rainbow stole. And I was just like, this is amazing. And I just sat there and I cried for like an hour and 15 minutes. Like just, it was just such a healing experience to not only feel welcome, but they made it a point to like acknowledge the queer community multiple times during the ceremony. And it was just, I mean, so many times I would sit there like in church when I was younger and feel like, like, why is no one, if it's such a sin, why is no one talking about it? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like it was just this unaddressed thing and they don't want to talk about it because they didn't want to lose the money of the queer parishioners. Right. So they're not going to like say anything about it, but it's just this like rumored thing that's wrong and that you shouldn't do. And they, like I, as a kid had no one to talk to about. And it was just, yeah. I just felt like I had to show up and shut it down essentially. Um, well, they frame it in a way that's like, they're they're trying to make it sound like loving and accepting like oh we love everybody like love the sinner hate the sin like that that wording and how hurtful that that can be because it's it's very um it, it's it has it's a very like limited perspective yeah i i mean i totally agree i wrote god loves me too in 20 that's the fastest song i've ever written i went i left that church service i went home and i wrote it in 20 minutes wow. um and i was just I, I just i it was one of those moments where i was just like i have to put this onto paper um, and it's interesting because, you know, as uh, what's uh, something I've discovered is really interesting about re releasing music is when I released that song, that's very much where I was when I put it out. You know, it's not where I am anymore, necessarily. Um, I would describe myself as much more spiritual these days. Um, uh, I have a much broader definition of what God is and, and, um, and you know, what I'm here for and uh, who I am and all these different things. Um uh, so I don't know that I would, I, I, I don't subscribe to any specific religion these days, but I, I definitely still believe in the message of the song, especially for any queer youth out there who needs to hear it. And, um, yeah, did I answer your question? Of course. Yeah. I think that it's such an important song for, for people to hear. Like there, I saw recently, um, a Netflix documentary, Pray Away. Um, yeah, my friends worked on that. Yeah. It's really hard to watch at times, but it's, um, it's one of those things. There's just a whole group of young kids that, uh, you know, there are beautiful aspects of, of religion and of Christianity and of, of um, that, you know, having faith and all of that. I, I think that there are, there are great parts of it, but there's a lot of really hurtful things that I think a song like that um, can reach a lot of people and really make a difference because it's true. I, I just, the other day, um, I, the vast majority of my, my following is from the chosen this show about Jesus and the apostles and um i so it's naturally a very conservative christian following but we're all a bunch of like left leaning actors and artists that sure. um have some different perspectives on certain issues and uh we there it's kind of an interesting position to be in because we now have a platform 
to speak to a group that otherwise wouldn't really be interested in hearing what we have to say, which um, is why I love the podcast, because it's it's been really great to see a lot of them have been very open minded. The majority, actually, when I've had people on that they maybe didn't grow up agreeing with or understanding or whatever, like they, they've been very open to hearing other perspectives and experiences, which is great. Um but every now and then, I, I posted a picture last week of me and one of my castmates, and he, someone was taking a picture of him, and I came to photobomb it, and I put my head, I came up from behind and put my head on his shoulder, and he like leaned his head into mine, and it looks like it's like an engagement photo. It's just like this <laughs> sweet little thing where we're like cheek to cheek, and um, I posted it and said it looks like we we took this engagement photo, and most people were like, oh, this is amazing, what a cute couple, and then one person commented and was like, but you're both men. So dot, dot, dot. And I was like, I believe it's 2023. I think, I don't think that's an uh, issue anymore. Um, and I, I kind of got into it with this person and went back and forth. And um, it, I knew that I wasn't really going to get anywhere with this particular person. They kind of had their mind made up, but um, I wanted to make sure that like, while I am associated with this show, and I think the message of the show is beautiful, it's not like preachy. It's not. It's not putting you know uh, anyone down or anything like that. It's just a message of like love and and acceptance. Um, but uh, while I'm part of the show, I think some fans probably assume that all of the cast share their their opinions on on certain things. So I wanted to make sure, like, hey, I want this out there. I'm I don't subscribe to this this uh, viewpoint. Um, but it's, it's frustrating because like, as I'm sure you, like you would pray to, to not be gay as a kid. I had a similar thing where I would pray to be healed and, and had people, I've had people come up and like just recently in, in the New York, uh, airport, uh, I had a young couple come up and take a picture with me and then put their hands on me and start praying for the spirit of disability to be taken oh from gosh. me and uh, to straighten my legs and back and all of this stuff. And, Man, and how did you feel about that? Not great. Uh, it yeah. was, it was a weird experience. Like I, I audibly like laughed or like chuckled when they said that just, I couldn't control it. It just popped out and they kind of, I can tell it made them uncomfortable, me laughing, which I was feeling uncomfortable too. So it was just a weird encounter. Um, and it's one of those things that like the it's just because we're we're different from them. It doesn't mean that we're broken, but they they kind of have this. It, it's a very weird, um, bold approach to just go up to someone and, and pray for them to be fixed when they're they're You know, they have something that like whether it's an internal thing or a physical thing that they can see. It's like it's just it's a really bizarre situation. But did you ever exp have you um, a couple praying for me in New York? No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Like, have have you had anything um, like that since coming out? Uh, any instances where whether it's, you know, family or, or someone from your community or anything that has um you know, tried to to push you in another direction or anything like that? Um, no. I mean, when I was younger, a lot of it was just like the unspoken stuff, right? As I said, it's like the like the elephant in the room. Like people didn't want to 
want to like talk about it. But like ever since I've come out, like, no, I haven't gotten it. I'll get like when I released God Loves Me Too, I got a ton of ton of stuff from people. And I got like a, even in my recent music video, people were like, grow like there. I got a couple of comments like this is gross. And it's just because it's like a, a guy wearing like gender ambiguous clothes and whatnot. And um, but it's yeah. I mean, I don't know about you because it must be a little different for you. Um, maybe. I don't know. Tell me. But like it sounds like we're similar in that everything I went through when I was younger, I kind of love now as part of my story. And I would never yeah. trade it for the world. Like um, being gay is one of my favorite things about myself. You know, it's, it's yeah. led to a lot of the moments of awakening in my life and the deeper insights. And um, I really feel like queer people have like a little bit of an advantage on society and that we have to start asking ourselves difficult questions at a young age and noticing that we're different. And with that comes like, um, had a deeper self-awareness than I think, you know, people who haven't had to deal with that challenge. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade those challenges for anything. Also, like I get messages from people all the time still, like of you were what I needed to see when I was a kid on screen. And I didn't get those messages when I was younger, which was a shame. And, and it led to a lot of loneliness, but like, knowing that it had that impact it makes it so much worth it you know yeah i i totally agree it was something i used to hate about myself but now yeah it, i'm definitely in that that same boat it's uh, i wouldn't change who i am what i am and i think that's beautiful that you have the same thing what was the next question i was going to ask um oh yeah how did uh your music career kind of start to to happen uh, i meant to ask that earlier but I'll, I'll just go back a little bit so how did that you know kind of manifest itself yeah um uh yeah i mean i'm still i people are always like are you not acting anymore are you doing i'm like i'm still acting i just i i worked in country music radio kind of randomly out of college for four years and i had always loved country music as I said, Faith Hill was my first album and like, it's just, I'd always been there. I think when Carrie Underwood won American Idol, that's when I really like got passionate about it. Cause I was such an idol fan and I like started watching her on the award shows. And then I discovered all these other artists I loved and um, I was just like hooked from the get go. And then I worked in country music radio for like four years. Um, and I just, uh, I went through a really tough breakup at the time. And I also came out during that time and I was finding myself in a lot of country music. Um, it's such beautiful story songs and and songs. Are a lot really, of good breakup songs. A lot of good breakup <laughs> songs. But at the same time, I was like, none of these, I also feel a little left out again. You know what I mean? None of these, there's not a lot of queer country songs, right? Um, so one night, like totally therapeutically, I just decided to like get on my guitar and try writing my own song. And I did that for like a year, never sharing it with anyone. And then one night I was had a little wine in my system and a, a friend was over and I was like, let me, let me play you this song. And then she was like, that's really good. Um, and then, you know, I played it for another friend and then a room full of friends. And soon it became like something. It's kind of how I discovered my most, my authentic voice. Because before that, it was always, my life was very much based on external perception and what people thought of me just having given like, you know, the way I grew up and 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 always having to manage people's perception, essentially. Um and writing songs, you know, you can say something in a song that you wouldn't say normally. And so it was my first opportunity to sort of like reach down and pull out like feelings that I'd never said before. And then to share that with someone and then be like, oh my God, me too. Or uh, I, I totally relate to what you said. It's so validating. And I just became so hooked on that process of telling my story authentically through song. And it's just kind of how I discovered, you know, that what I have going on inside me is not 
unique to me that it's a universal experience, you know, because it's truthful and um and yeah, it was just like a really powerful connecting storytelling tool. And I just, yeah, and and pursuing music's a little easier than pursuing acting, in my opinion. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you can create a lot of your own opportunities. Uh, you can, you know, the way music is these days, you can just release music, right? Whereas acting, I always felt like I had to wait for someone to give me an opportunity. And um, that was really hard for me. Um, but I'm sure you can talk to that a little. I know you can, like, write your own stuff, but I didn't, I didn't really want to. Um, yeah. Well, and, and with that, it takes, uh, which like, it's something that I've, I've tried to do as well, but it, it it's still with music. You could literally just sit down with a guitar and a microphone and, and put something out there and it could go viral on TikTok, And then all of a sudden you're getting, you know, totally. emails from people and stuff. So, yeah, I think that that's amazing. Uh, I read too, that you, uh, for your music video that Richard Linklater and Jack Black helped get that made. Like how, how did all of that happen? Yeah, I just, I was fundraising and they found out about it and they decided to donate like a lot of money, which was really helpful and it helped us create this wonderful thing that I would have never been able to create without them, which was just also so cool. You know, as wonderful of an experience School of Rock was for me, it was also like one of the hardest retroactive experiences, you know, like when I think of, I don't know if retroactive is the right word, uh, retrospective, retrospective. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Retro, like, re like looking back, it's, you know, but like to also be getting meaning from it and value from it in my present day, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting. And also to be talking about it 20 years later, is just crazy. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it was really awesome. And Jack Black just like sang to one of my songs on TikTok and like gave it like a whole boost, which was so wonderful. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're really awesome. We're hoping to have like a 20 year reunion in October. Wow, that's amazing. Well, and they both seem uh, I've been a Richard Linklater fan forever, you know, be, him being a fellow Texan and Dazed and Confused was one of my favorite movies growing up. And then um, Jack Black, obviously, I love uh, have you seen Bernie, the other film they did together? It's one of I my did. favorites. Um, but uh, they both just seem like really genuinely sweet people uh from from what i've seen from people i've known that have worked with them so it's it's always nice to hear that people that you admire are actually just like with faith hill and and tim mcgraw that they're actually good decent humans um yeah no i saw jack black on a list once of like 10 celebrities that nobody hates and i was like yeah that that sounds about right he's really just like the sweetest guy yeah um I want to ask just for people who are interested in like listening to your music and following you, um, where can people go? Where can they download your songs and all of that stuff? Yeah, I feel like the easiest place to find me is just on Instagram, which is Brian Feldudo, my name, B-R-I-A-N-F-A-L-D-U-T-O. Um, but my music's everywhere you stream music. Uh, my big song this year was Same Old Country Love Song. It kind of went viral on TikTok a couple of times, and uh, people seem to really like it. It's kind of calling out country music for its lack of queer representation at times, and it's really fun and uh, uh, encourage people to go check it out. Um and yeah, we're we're lining up for a lot of like summer shows at the moment. So we might be coming to your city. So um could be could be worth looking into. Yeah. Do you know if you'll be coming down to Texas at all? We will. Well, I think the School of Rock reunion is gonna be in Texas. So I will probably oh, wow. be in Austin for that. And then I think I'm gonna do a show while I'm down there. And then that'll be the start of like a Southwest tour potentially. Um 
but it's all sort of getting lined up still. This summer we're doing a lot of like pride festivals. So we'll be all over doing that, which will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to uh, come see you if you're in my, I'm in Dallas, but I'm just a few hours from Austin and I drive down there a lot too, but uh, let's stay in touch because I would love to come support you. And uh, yeah, before I, l- w- I let you go, I want to ask the question that I end all of my interviews with, which is what is the thing that you love most about yourself? That's such a hard question. I know yeah. it was coming too, and I didn't prepare at all. Um, <laughs> um, what is the thing I love most about myself? Um, I want to say my compassion. Um, not uh, self-compassion has been probably my biggest mental health tool in like the past five years. Um, and it's really helped change my relationship with anxiety, which has really been a challenge for me. And um you know, just insecurities I have and, and all these different things. And uh, oddly enough, being more self-compassionate, being more compassionate with myself has allowed me to be more compassionate with other people. And I also view compassion as a pathway to being really present. Um, uh, it kind of softens you and, and tenderizes you and you drop a lot of your defenses and you, um, you're just here, you know, um, you, uh, and, and, and that's what I strive to be in this life is here, um, and enjoying the moment. Um, and a lot of that is through my compassion practice. And I really do, I, I am proud of the compassionate person I'm becoming. Um, so I would have to say my compassion. Is that a good answer? That's a <laughs> wonderful answer. I love that. And I, uh, I, I just thought of what you said earlier about how, you know, we both are, are similar and that we had some pretty big insecurities and struggles and expectations that others had on us growing up that helped us uh, helped kind of give us more compassion uh, because we had to really like look inward and figure ourselves out. And uh, it it gave us a a kind of a mature mindset. I feel like uh, where we're able to see other perspectives and, and uh, have empathy for others. And I, I think that that's, apparent with you and also me growing up in theater that's uh, uh, that was my safe haven and mm-hmm. um i had a lot of you know like gay directors in theater that i felt so safe with because i felt like more than especially a lot of other men in my life they were very present and compassionate and um made me feel accepted and and part of the group and like i belonged and i think that that's really amazing and uh I also, I just remembered this too, like little things will pop up. I'm like, oh yeah, I meant to say that earlier. Um, I, so I just started a few weeks ago, uh, The Artist's Way. It's a book. Have you done that before? Several of my friends have. I have not done it, but yes, I'm aware of it. I, it's been amazing. You talking about like having things from your past come up through your, in your music and, and deep rooted like insecurities or feelings or thoughts. It's been this last week of the artist week. So it's like 12 weeks of different assignments and tasks that it gives you. Um, this last week was all about time traveling to your childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's like writing down, like describing your childhood room, writing down like your five favorite foods as a child, um, five things that you're proud of uh, in your child self, 
um, like things that you accomplished as a child that you're proud of uh, and things like that. And it was really, really cathartic uh, doing that. And I feel I just wanted to let you know if it's, uh, you know, something that you you might be interested in because it's been really helpful. Totally. It's definitely like on my, on my list. I don't know why I've never actually picked it up myself. I, I, it's been very effective on like a lot of my artist friends and I love the whole concept behind it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but outside of music and acting, I'm a, I'm a a mental health coach. Like that's like what I, that's sort of like what I, how I I pay to put the songs out sometimes, you know what I mean? And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about and, and, I do try and like spread this practice of compassion as much as I can. I mean, the neuroscience and research behind compassion is crazy. Like it's, it's, it really is one of the most effective tools that we have for sort of cultivating pathways within ourselves and, and becoming more mindful beings, you know? Um, yeah. I don't really know why, why I added that in there, but uh, no, that's... I just get, ex- I get excited. Yeah. Same. Oh, I just started for the first time um, doing therapy. And it was something that like just the last few weeks. Um, and it's been amazing just like, I've always been an advocate for it, but I have never, I just never really made the the one. I couldn't afford it for a long time. I mean, I could, but that was the excuse that I was, uh, putting out there, but it it really has been such a, just to plug therapy for anyone listening, um, or just taking care of your mental health. It's, it's, uh, it's important and it really does help. Um, is that something you want to plug or promote too? If you're, uh, I mean, I do have an, I, I, I have a blog, uh, if, on Instagram, it's called the gay life coach. Uh, so if you ever want to, if you want to follow that account too, I, I have a new blog piece coming out, uh, soon titled, uh, what is it called? Uh, 10, 10 game changing discoveries about having an anxious attachment style that I wish I had going into my twenties. <laughs> wow. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's, I, I'm really proud of the piece. It's a lot of reflecting on things I've learned in my twenties about my attachment style and just the ways it was harming me and the ways it can help me if I understand it better and all these different things. Yeah. I could definitely, uh, Real, just from the title alone, I, I feel like I can already <laughs> relate to it. So I'm definitely going to read it. Um, Amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I, I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. I, I hope uh, I hope it was what you needed. Hopefully, I'll I'll see you down in Texas soon. Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out. It was really nice to meet you, Jordan. Nice meeting you too. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, talk to you soon. So that was my conversation with Brian. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. I was already a a fan of his from back in his School of Rock days. And now I really love what he's doing as a musician and as a singer. Um, And I just especially appreciate his vulnerability because it's not easy to talk about some of the things that that we dove into. Um, But he was game the whole time. So thank you for all of that, Brian. Um, I really think that that our conversation and his story can have a really, really positive and wide-reaching impact on a lot of other young people. Um, So yeah, be sure to go give Brian a follow on social media um, at Brian Faldudo, which is B-R-I-A-N-F-A-L-D-U-T-O, and uh, show him some love there. You can also search for him 
on uh, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to music. And uh, YouTube is another good one. You can watch his music videos. Um, and yeah, check out all of his really wonderful work. Um, anyway, now is the time for me to talk about next week's guest. Uh, so next week, I am talking to one of my castmates from The Shift, uh, which uh, unfortunately we didn't get to work together, uh, but we're we're both in it, just different scenes. Um, and I can't wait to see her her performance in that because she's done a great job in everything else that she's done. She starred in Surprised by Oxford, Finding You, The World We Make, um, a bunch of other a Thousand Tomorrows, uh, uh, which is a mini series on Pure Flakes. Uh, and a bunch of other things. So she's a really successful actress. She is starting to blow up and um, is is doing a lot of really, really exciting projects. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited for you to hear my conversation with her. Uh, be sure to go give her a follow in advance at Rose Reed on social media, which is R-O-S-E-R-E-I-D-D. And uh, yeah keep up with all of her her stuff there and then uh be sure to tune in to hear what she has to say about her journey as an actress her experience on the shift and much much more also go give us a follow at what's your limp and at the jordan ross on all social media platforms be sure to subscribe rate and review us on apple podcasts because that really helps us out uh anyway until next time remember to love your limp be good to yourselves and y'all have a good one <music>